Hello and welcome to another IGN UK podcast. Another week, another podcast. It just never stops. Matt Perslow, how are you? I'm alright, thank you, Simon. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You've got a lovely little holiday coming up, so you are technically stopping for a little bit. I am, you? exactly. I'm, I'm stopping and flying. I'm getting on a flight I for know. the first time in oh. two and a half years. I hope you have a bloody lovely time, Matthew. Thank you. Um, Al, you're not going anywhere, are you? Never. I'm here Never. for the long term. Well, actually, didn't you go to New York about a week ago? Uh, it was about three weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, I did. But yeah. still, my spirit remained here with you guys, because that's, you know... You're my yeah. true family. Oh, that's, that's. I'm sure your kids and your wife would love. <laughs> They're love upstairs. To hear that. I, obviously, I'll tell them something yeah. different. Are you feeling a little, little croaky there, Al? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I went to an awards ceremony last night and uh, yeah, got beaten by some rubbish website. No idea who they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we look. We we don't need accolades because do you know what we have? We have the best listeners on earth. And if that isn't me sucking up, then I don't know. What is? Um, should we talk about one of the best games on earth, which is undoubtedly Overwatch? Um, more, t- more to the point, Overwatch Two. We've actually finally got to play Overwatch Two, which is very exciting. If you're lucky enough, if you're into Overwatch anyway, you might have been lucky enough to get into the closed beta, which started this week and it runs till the middle of May. And yeah, we've. Me and Matt played a little bit one night. Uh, Al, you haven't you haven't played any. You've seen a little bit, I believe. I haven't actually. I'm not a PC boy, unfortunately. Oh, no. So I would love to play Overwatch too, but I'll have I, to wait. I believe future testing phases will come to console. So that keep would your eyes and ears open. But um, yeah, I feel like we're not gonna you know we're not gonna go too too on about this because if you're not into Overwatch, a lot of this will be meaningless to you. But that's how I'm going to preface this is if you were never into Overwatch I don't think Overwatch 2 is going to be the game that makes you get into Overwatch because it is a very similar game still mm. but I feel like if you're into Overwatch there are things that make it feel like a very different game what are I the mean, kind of headline changes then well I think the biggest one's got to be the change from 6 yeah. aside to 5 aside isn't it like and the fact that you only have one tank now I mean the tank role was completely changed in this game. I feel like if you play damage or support, you're largely going to be doing the same things, and you're kind of used to it. But if you're playing tank now, you just like your role used to basically be anchor the team and largely protect the team with shields. Yeah. Whereas it's quite obvious with Overwatch Two, they want to get away from this shield meta that was driving everyone insane, and just basically make it much more of a brawler game than a, like a slow tactical team game which Overwatch did become at some point and I never really minded that evolution because I always enjoy the team play aspects of it but I do feel like it is now much more of a 1v1 like scenario brawler game than it is trying to synergize with teams but oh. to be honest the more we play it the more that will probably come with Overwatch 2 and you'll find new ways to play together I think one of the interesting things about this tank change is Obviously, Overwatch was originally inspired by MOBAs. It has like a little bit of League of Legends in it. It has a little mm-hmm. bit of Dota in it. It feels from the very limited time that I spent with it that maybe tanks are going more towards what tanks are in those games in that rather than, as you say, creating anchoring shield points, they are the characters that have the most health and so kind of like need to be sort of joined by a DPS character. So they're the people that are taking the... The tanks absorb damage purely because they've got high HP and mm. they have to be joined by 
like a DPS character to actually do the finishing moves, whereas before having two tanks, particularly if you've got like an Orisa and a um, like a Reinhardt, let's say, yeah. or you know, that could, or a Sigma that could put up the multiple mm-hmm. shields the shields were doing the absorbing rather than the actual tank character right. itself whereas we're now at a point like the tank has to take the damage to allow the squishier characters to be kind of like the killers basically mm-hmm. yeah yeah you mentioned arisa like she is i think by far the biggest hero change we've mm-hmm. got sojourn who's a new hero completely who's just a, a fu- like from i've played a very fun dps character not a million miles away from what soldier is but has a very cool alternate fire um to a railgun and just yeah, and the skid and jump. We're um, big fans of skids in games over here, and it's a good skid. But um, yeah, Arisa, I think yeah, kind of encapsulates the whole change of this game in one character, really. Which is yeah, she no longer has a shield. She's very much now almost more of a damage character than a tank in a way. Like her gun's very powerful. I think at this point, obviously they're still in testing. This is a beta. She is too powerful at the moment. Like trying to fight an Arisa is a horrible experience, I mean, especially if there's a Mercy attached. In term in <laughs> right. terms of like the the word tank, which obviously is yeah. she. I think whilst Bastion quite literally is is like a robot a that tank. turns into a tank. I think Arisa is the thing that reminds me most of what that word derives from. She is a mm. massive, very heavily armored kind of piece of machinery mm-hmm. with mm. a huge cannon on the side. And the ability to absorb a lot of damage, but it's not like she was before where she's erecting kind of like shields and defenses around a team. She is yeah. the thing that kind of bull charges into the yeah. fight and now. can crucially chuck a very large javelin mm-hmm. into people, which is very fun. Um, yeah, I feel like that it's really opened the game up. I and mean, I've still only played probably around six hours. Like, I've, you know, it's enough to get a grasp of it, but yeah. um, I'm having a great time. Like, I. You know, I never fell out of love with Overwatch just over the past year. Played other games, you know, I'm waiting for Overwatch 2, basically. And it's it's, uh, it's reminded me why I love this game so much. And just, it does feel like, not that Overwatch was ever a slow game. It's always been a fast-paced game, but it feels even quicker now. I like, think, those lack of shields. Yeah. Just... You know when you were saying about how, like, Arisa kind of, like, encapsulates kind of, like, the changes mm. that they've made? I also think like Sojourn as a new character because she's so fast and she just these skids <laughs> and leaps out of the skid and kind of like a very fast firing machine gun. Like those two characters together almost feel like uh, in mm-hmm. microcosm kind of like the theory of what Overwatch 2 is supposed to be. Yeah, there's so many like changes like that under the surface. I think like for like... I, we still don't really know how they're going to release this game and calling it Overwatch 2 at first did people like you know there's a lot of overwatch 1.5 jokes is it just an update is it just a patch i think on the surface if you look at it you can very easily make that assumption like it doesn't i think it looks sharper it looks a bit nicer it doesn't look like mind-blowingly different uh to overwatch one i do think it sounds a lot better they've done like a full sound pass in this game and a lot of the weapons sound really good mm. um, especially soldiers gun sounds great now i think but um what about like yeah, f- maps and game modes like- so there's yeah there's is it four or five new maps so this that's a healthy amount of new maps including two which take place on the new mode which is called push where a giant robot basically pushes like it's like tug of war basically it's a bit like if there's one payload both teams are fighting for and they're trying to push it to one end rather than one team attack and defend um that's a fun mode it's not revolutionary it's similar to how you play a payload map really but i do like the big robot he's very fun i like the way he runs Uh, that's just it still has a lot of charm that's one thing 
more than it being just a ridiculously fun game to play that's what i've always loved about overwatch is they've always got that charm the characters the color like it's still all the new maps look great they feel right like i haven't been able to learn them really because i've barely been able to play one more than once but it all feels like it's heading in the right direction yeah and we still really don't know how much more there is going to be before a full release like it could be it could be september it could be next september it could Mm. be like we really don't know is it supposed to have single player this time so they're releasing that separately now they announced so which means like that is the thing i'm more excited about because like like i am into overwatch lore and you know there isn't too much out there like and this is the game that was going to bring a lot of that world building and that story to overwatch and i feel like that's a way out now which is a shame but you know overwatch pvp is still as fun as it yeah well arguably more fun than it has been for the past year or two from what i've i've been playing anyway yeah i'm excited you think you're going to get back into overwatch 2 when it when it comes out Al? absolutely um the, the only issue we've got is that what seven or eight of us on the team yeah so you got we either kind of split it or just oh, we can do custom games for before oh okay. <laughs> maybe that's too few who knows um but, but yeah um, I'm, I'm interested to see the the dynamic but like i'm trying to because i've not played for a few years like roadhog mm. was always a favorite so i don't know if he's changed much he's pretty much one character that's stayed the same like right. they kind of nailed him to begin with i think like he's had little tweaks and balances but he's still got all the same gear hasn't he yeah so. um yeah. but like i think there's so many characters that have been introduced since i played it anyway so it'll probably feel like a new game for me mm-hmm. so yeah. i feel like new Arisa might be interesting because i feel like in some ways she's similar to roadhog someone who will just get into the action and try and deal damage the javelin kind of takes a similar skill set to the as the hook did so right yeah i feel like that's a, that's an option new bastion as well we mentioned it briefly he's very fun like see he, he's just much more mobile now and i feel like that's another step from trying to get away from this shield meta is you can't just anytime you want turn into a turret and just lock down a position like he's always on the move now which is good right so yeah it's just it seems very fast paced and what about just um, loving it. torbjorn has he changed much He's not changed since is they the made his big rework. Is different now? Is it? I, I don't. I, I haven't played Torbjorn yet. There's 33 characters now. There's a lot of them to get through. There's a lot. But yeah. Exciting. Overwatch 2. It's, it's looking good. Um, it feels like it's real now for like a couple of years of being like, oh, when's this coming? Is it? Is there problems with it? I feel like, you know, it's heading in the right direction. So I'm excited. Nice. Very excited. Al. You've had an exciting week. Well, playing. Mm, well, that, that, well, come on. That's selling it very hard. Okay, you have had a. <laughs> I've had a seven out had, of ten week. You've had a week. <laughs> you've had a week playing uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. Yes, and it feels like I, I've stepped back fifteen years, or whenever the last uh, Wii Sports came out. I bet you it's longer, longer ago than I actually remember. It is a fun game, but it is exactly the same as mm-hmm. Wii Sports was. And while Wii Sports, you know, way back then was kind of revolutionary and I remember kind of it was the first game that got other family members standing exactly. up and actually playing yeah. stuff. And this still does that, but it just doesn't have that kind of novelty. I know what you mean. Every um, time I look at it I'm like I feel like I had my fill of this back then. Like I don't know. Maybe like I was talking to Joe yesterday. Maybe if it was a game where we were still in the office every day, like the odd lunchtime, we'd all play some yeah. 
switch sports and have a nice time every now and then. The, but, the problem yeah. is, is the the best games. So there are only six games, which mm. is not a lot. So there's um, there's bowling, tennis, volleyball, badminton, football, and chambra, which is basically fencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best games are tennis and bowling, frankly, which was the best <laughs> games. The original ones. Yeah. I'm going to put out a controversial opinion. I find badminton one of the dullest sports to play in real life anyway. I, I, I've never been a badminton fan. Any, Sorry if there's any uh, shuttlecock heads out there. Is that what you I know. call I don't think they're called shuttlecock heads. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't put the pause in there, so you, you've added that. But um, yeah, badminton, not for me. My least favourite of all the racket sports. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Well, badminton and tennis are obviously pretty similar in terms of mm-hmm. how they play. Um, the thing that I didn't get a f- sense of at all is that obviously the technology has moved on a lot in this time, but it, yeah, it doesn't feel like it actually makes a difference. Like, you know, when you're bowling, it doesn't feel like there's any more control over the spin of the ball mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like um, tennis is obviously tennis, you know, it's it, it plays exactly the same. Volleyball you've got three moves now so you've got the the dig and then the set and then the spike and, the spike, and you've got yeah. to do those moves but I was playing it with Ed and he was literally just jumping around and managing to do the same moves so it's again it just feels he's already like, a volleyball pro get him on the Olympic team yeah if you want to see a seven year old throw himself on the floor then yes he's brilliant at that um, but again I think what you've got to remember is like this is supposed to be fun for all the family mm-hmm. And in that respect, it is like both my kids yep. enjoyed playing it. It was mm-hmm. a nice thing to sort of bring the family together. I guess I just was expecting or hoping for something a little bit more. Yeah. And like, well, they're not adding golf until later, are they? And golf is always a good one, I feel like. Well, yeah. We haven't really seen much of it. And also, because yeah. obviously when that was in Wii Sports Resort, you had the, um, the Wii U pad that sat on the floor. Mm. And it, that was, again, felt kind of special. Like with this, with football, there's a penalty mode called shootout. And you, if you've got the leg strap, you can put the thing on your leg and kick. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not particularly um, accurate. And you can't like apply, well, I certainly couldn't apply spin. Not that I'm a world-class footballer or anything <laughs> like that. But it was just like, it was. It, I may as well just swing it with my arm. That's and all that sounds like danger, doing. Ed, with a foot strap sign attached to it, swinging around. That feels like something's getting broken. Well, I promise you, I attach those things so tightly to their arms that <laughs> basically cutting off the circulation because <laughs> everybody it, it does bring that whole thing back but obviously these controllers are actually quite expensive now so it's like mm-hmm. please don't break yeah it. i mean it looks like it does look like fun but like i said i feel like it's been there done that like yep. i don't know I don't like Matt. Do you have any connection to Wii Sports or? Uh, very important kind of part of my university years. Like it was um, when I first started uni. It was maybe like eight months after the Wii had come out. Maybe maybe a year. And the first thing I did was I blew my almost my entire student loan on buying a Wii for the for my <laughs> flat as basically an icebreaker and made very close friends with the people I yep. lived with because we played Wii Sports all the time. Um, you bought friends, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically, you know, I, for all intents and purposes, whilst I, I do live with, you know, my housemate, like, we have separate lives largely and play separate mm-hmm. games and stuff like that. I don't need a Wii Sports successor at this point in my life. I don't have a is family, there any, right? 
Is there online? Can you play against? Uh, so there is. Um, it just wasn't available. I think it um, came online uh, okay. yesterday. So I haven't actually had the chance. But yes, there is that as mm-hmm. well as local. Like, it's even things like the character creation is pretty basic. I think there's like eight different hairstyles. For, oh, come on. For, like collectively in total. So mm-hmm. like, like, again, my avatar looked pretty much the same as Ed's. Although <laughs> I, he had freckles and I had wrinkles. That was the difference. And it just I mean, that's feels, real life. That is it, real really? life. Well, he hasn't got freckles, but I do have wrinkles. Um, but yeah, it just feels like I could have done a bit more than that. And again, maybe there are more unlocks because I've played it for about two hours, I guess. Maybe three. Mm-hmm. But it, it just feels like, you know, you've played a few games and it's like, oh, I've seen what this does. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like he will love playing it. I'm not sure how much I will go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd... I, I played a bit of Wii Sports with friends back in the day. Do you know what? I actually played quite a bit of the... What was the PlayStation Move equivalent? There was a really good Frisbee golf game I played a lot of. I played a lot of Frisbee golf. Um, I can't oh, remember no. what that was called. That Probably something like All-Star Sports. That rings a bell. Or Move Sports. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's definitely one they're trying to like, you know, get on the back of people's nostalgia. But... They're pushing it yeah. hard. I've been served so many adverts for well, this it. Is, this is a crucial thing. How's the menu music and the music for the games? Is that anything close to what the Wii Sports ones were like? Again, trying to capture that, but, you know, it's, it hasn't got that same nostalgia. Yeah. Like, again, the presentation is lovely. Like, it's, the, it's all set, like, bowling is set in what looks like a library. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, and so that is all really nicely done. And obviously, it's, you know, it's Nintendo, so it's polished to within an inch of its life. But for yeah. me, like how much is so it's it's 40 quid. Yeah. You know, what did it, it, the Wii Sports came bundled, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I think. With, yeah. And that to me was, a, was why it was so successful. Whereas yeah. this, you know, chuck it out for 20 quid. Yeah, maybe. Forty quid. Well, just do it. Uh, just do a. I mean, it's easier said than done, and Nintendo don't really do this. But just do a remaster of Wii Sports or Wii Sports Resort, and then you do get the music there wrong. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I might try at one point if someone. It's the sort of thing. If I'm ever at someone's house or in the office, and someone has it on them, I might give it a go. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to rush out and and buy it. Do not necessarily. Do that. Um, Matt. We both we've both watched the same film recently. Mm-hmm. I watched it because I said I was in a R- Richard Linklater mood, and you said, "Have you seen Apollo Ten and a Half yet?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And then I watched it. What a fun story that was! <laughs> um, this is a really lovely film. I've never used the right word, word, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you not know what this is about? Um, no. Okay, it's the new Richard Linklater film, who's one of my favourite directors. If you've seen any of the before trilogy, if you want to be heartbroken or dazed and confused or everybody wants some or a scanner darkly, um, he's made all those and he's very good. Um, But what he's really good at is just kind of, well, he loves making films about teenagers in Texas to begin with. That's one of his favourite things he likes to do, but he really does... He's great at like capturing moments in time and more like moments in people's lives as well. So what this film is, it's basically you're just alongside. It's just like nine or ten year olds. Um, he's ten and a half. That's he, where the he's ten. Oh yeah, uh, idiot. Um, <laughs> oh wait, the, no, um, no, no, no. Apollo ten and a half's the project, yeah, it was, right? This, the, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think he's. But I think he is ten as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's basically just following this kid um, in like the weeks before 
the Apollo 11 launch. It's around that year, that summer of when, you know, the space race is all kicking off. And for a large part of it, you're just kind of following this. Like, I don't know. I haven't actually read too much about it. I'm guessing it's kind of semi-autobiographical oh. of Richard Dinklage. Like, it's, there's so much detail in there that and it has to certainly, be. Certainly, like, I don't actually know how old he is and whether he would have been necessarily... He's 61. Yeah. So he would, so, have been, mm-hmm. he would have been, like, seven or eight when that was all. But I also think it might have a little bit of that kind of romanticism about... Because it's about mm. his love of the 60s, right? And I think some of it is, like, not actual memories of the 60s that people didn't live in the same way yeah. that kind of, like... Not that they're similar films, but Last Night in Soho is obviously a romantic kind of image of London in the 60s that didn't technically exist, but Mm -hmm. is important to people. Yeah. But from the name and from the picture, it's on Netflix, by the way. It was released on Netflix two or three weeks ago. And it's only an hour and a half as well. It's um, animated in the style of like a scanner darkly, if you've seen that. So it's kind of all shot with real actors on a green screen and then rotoscoped. So it has that almost weird effect that i quite enjoy i think it puts off some people but i i really like that effect but yeah basically from the name and that you'd kind of think maybe it's a space film whereas in fact it's largely like uh, matt said following this 10 year old just in like what life was like for him in the 60s basically all the tv watched what he'd do with his friends and how life was and then it does cut between these like fantastical elements of him basically being an astronaut as a 10 year old and going through nasa training and stuff like that it's just a really sweet film Mm -hmm. the thing is is it's kind of like the idea is is it's the it's the 1960s through the lens of a child who is from a family that like nasa is important like his dad works Mm. for nasa he's kind of obsessed with the idea of space flight and basically he is approached by nasa and by the end of the film like i'm i do wonder how much of this is like his imagination or how much it is actually nasa but the ten and a half comes from the idea of like they were building apollo 11 but they made it too small so now they need a child (laughs) to go into space for them and that's apollo ten and a half Right. So kind of like all of the film and like his his adoration of kind of like NASA and space flight and the fact that obviously where he lives, like NASA is important, like people are watching the flights and it's very, very important to his dad. And that kind of builds up to this idea of like he's going to go into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it's it just um, really, really nice. Is it a kid's film or? I, could, I think it's a family film. I don't remember there being anything that would not be appropriate what is it, it says it's a 12 possibly 12. like the odd shit or something like that there might be a yeah <laughs> there might maybe a little bit of language but there's no like actual right. content wise i don't think there's anything um i don't know if it would hold a kid's attention it's not like a kid's film necessarily it's kind of like it's quite i think the voice so it's all voiced over by jack black who plays the older version of the 10 year old he's basically just like narrating what his life was like as a kid basically right. okay. um it's just really, really nice. I feel like similar to when I recommended a ninety-minute Netflix film last week. You know, if you've got ninety minutes, it's on Netflix. I check it out. It's really nice. Um, yeah, and watch all of Richard Linklater's films if you can. That um, should be a, a new feature: Cardi's ninety-minute Netflix recommendations. Yeah. Has it's to not be that ninety many minutes. These days, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'd run out. Well, I was going to recommend Boyhood as well, which I think is an unbelievable film by him. But some people don't. I, don't, I feel like there's not enough respect put on how incredible achievement boyhood is as a film um but yeah that's nearly three hours so that's definitely oh. watching two parts there you and go. There you go. Recommendation. two recommendations yeah exactly um yeah very nice film maybe i'll just have a new section which is just very nice film section uh, it's probably easier isn't it Cardi's um, feel good moments well that, yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't have many of those 
Um, All right. So, there we go. Um, do you know what? Let's get let's keep things moving. Let's do an endless search this week. All right. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Is it in the search? Al, you are the master of all knowledge. Well, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I have dug through our giant sack and found a little gem from Adam Clayton. Who, From you too? Uh, yeah, he's not doing a lot these days. <laughs> Is he fine? Uh, I think he's all right, but you know, yeah. him and the edge had a bust up, so he's just uh, writing in okay. and emailing us. Um, and and he's sending in uh, an endless search called Ooh. "hit" or "shit." No, it's very highbrow, as you can imagine, uh, and it is a bunch of films which scored critically shit. But uh, user reviews hit. Okay. Now, I'm going to read out f- actors' names, five actors, and you have to tell me which film it is. Okay, so these are all critically bad films that the audience is like? Or yes, they've got well, over, f- over 50% uh, audience rating, under okay. 50% critical rating so what you're okay. saying it's the filmography of a certain filmmaker that's uh, <laughs> that's had prolific audience campaigns around him recently well there's do you know looking at some of these i am surprised by some of their mm. their ratings oh, oh okay. some of the critic scores are a little bit over 50 percent, but only a little bit oh, okay. right so obviously okay. uh the names that i'm going to read you are all from the same the film and they okay. will get easier as we go on Obviously, okay. you get fewer points. Oh, okay. So, who wants to go first? I mean, are we just buzzing in? I don't I, know. Well, I think one guess each per name. Uh, Otherwise, you're just okay. be yeah, firing can, them at me. Yeah, right. we'll do that then. Okay. Okay. First one. John Turturro. Is that how you pronounce his name? Turturro? Turturro, yeah. Him. I mean, but uh, I'm trying to think of a critically bad film with John Turturro. Is he, is he in Transformers? I think he is. It Transformers. He's in one of them. Is he in the first one? Um, I mean, this is my if, poker is face. I, I can't. I that's, that's, that's my guess. Is Transformers? <laughs> is Transformers it, 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 two. It, it, well, I don't know. What, I don't know which one this is. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. Oh, God, it, we have to remember the names. Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> it's not that one. <laughs> Transformers: uh, Age of last... Extinction. Hang on a minute. Right, next name. The last, the last night. I'm just going to see which one? one it is because uh, uh, which one is that? I don't even know which one it is. <laughs> I like. I need the name of the full name of the film because it oh, doesn't geez. have a one or a two or a okay. three in it. Okay. Well, it's obviously one we haven't said yet. Then well, is that... it the last night? Is it that one? No. Uh, okay. Is that one? So the second actor is Tyrese Gibson. He's not going to help now. It's just going to be I trying know. to remember the names of Transformers films. Oh. Well, you said... I said Dark so of the Moon. And Extinction. An Age of Extinction. Is it that one? No. What are oh. the other ones? What was the... I think it's the uh, second one. 
I think it might be the second one. Yeah. Uh, oh, that didn't have as ridiculous a name, I don't think. So we're going to drop to three points now. Is it Transformers. Oh, is it sound like? I feel like it's one word, like revengeance, it's, but it's not ooh, revengeance. It's not it's, that. It might be in. Oh, oh, I think I might know it now, but I'm going to have to wait, aren't I? The next name: Hugo Weaving. Is it Revenge of the Fallen? It is yes. Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> oh, well God, done, Cardi. Scraping my brain. I'll, I'll take a small amount of personal victory for at least getting <laughs> the franchise right straight yeah, out the you, gate. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you you helped out a lot there. That the next one, uh, all of these should be slight, slightly easier, I think. Uh, okay. Right, next film, Jenny Slate. I'm not sure I know who that is. No, me neither. No. Nope. All right, okay. moving on. Michelle Williams. Hmm. Um, is this uh, Venom? Yes. Oh. <sighs> Very good, Matthew. <laughs> I just associate her with good stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, normally. And I was like, well, it's yeah. not any of those, is it? It's not. Is it yeah. Blue Valentine that she's Blue in? Blue Valentine, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking of Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, but these are all good. Well, that had a critic score of 30%. But an, an audience score of uh, 81. Lunacy. Come, Absolute come lunacy. On come on, come on now, people. <laughs> Who are these people? Um, right. Next film. Nick Offerman. Hmm. Um, hmm. God. I t- genuinely think I might have only ever seen Offerman in uh, Parks and Rec. I saw him in Pam and Tommy, but that's another TV show. <laughs> He's in devs as well. He is. He's on a lot of TV. I'm trying to think of films. It's none of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, next one. I don't know. Emma Roberts. Hmm. Again, everything Ryan Murphy ever made never films. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, yeah, film, like, like TV. Um, next one. It's not Will, like Scream 4, is it? No. There we go. Will uh, Poulter. Oh, it's um. Oh, uh, were the Millers? Oh, yes, that's yeah. it. That's what I was trying to think of. I couldn't think of the name of the family. We're <laughs> <laughs> the, I like, we're the, the Coopers in my head. I'm like, who are they? I've never seen it. I literally only no, know the neither poster. have I. <laughs> well, you got it right. A forty-nine percent credit score, a user score of seventy-two. People uh, loved it. Next one. It's a classic. Scott Eastwood. No idea who that is. <laughs> is is it Clint Eastwood's that, son? Yeah, it's Eastwood's son, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I'm guessing. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Um, it's not Gran Torino, is it? He's not in Gran Torino. It is not. No. <laughs> Which it, that, that was well liked, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, next one, Karen Fukuhara. Hmm. Jeez. Oh, Pacific Rim. She's in the boys, right? I'm thinking of the right person. Uh, I don't know. I think she's. I don't know. Move, let's move on. Uh, Jai Courtney. Oh God! For Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the only Jai Courtney film I can name. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with four games down, Cardi, you're on six points. Matt, you're on seven. So it's close. Ooh. Uh, next one, Gary Boosie. Cool. I mean, there's a lot to a lot to pick from. <laughs> I d- I can't. No, that would. Uh, mm. Now I'm going to give you the next mm. one, Flea. 
Sorry? Oh, that is... I know what this is. What was he in? What was the name, sorry? Flea. Flea. From uh, Red, from Hot, Chili Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, he can't oh, have been in that many in films. My, surely. This is him. I, I, I can see him. <laughs> I just... Uh, let's move on. All right. Uh, Craig Burko. That hasn't helped. Flea was the one. <laughs> and that's, it felt like... Well, I think the next two... I feel like I can lot. see him sitting in a diner. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong film. I don't know. And is there is move possibly on. a diner in this film? Uh, yeah. Benicio Del Toro. Oh, this is so annoying. This is for two points now. I know. This is... And then the last name will obviously give you the biggest clue. Do you want me to go straight to that? I feel like we're going to have to. Johnny Depp. As the I lead. mean, he's done so many bad films. He hasn't done Wait, is, there, is this Flea. Pirates of the Caribbean? It is not Pirates no. of the Caribbean. This is quite a recent film, I think. Not. It is not a recent film. Isn't it? No. Well, what Flea film am I thinking of? That's totally thrown me off. Um, are they both in... Um, oh, what's the... Um, Wait, he's... It's not Fear and Loathing, is it? It is Fear and Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas. That got bad reviews. Uh, critically, 49. Oh, no, hang on. Yeah, critically, 49. Audience score, well, 89. I did not know it was that critically low. I, I, there you go. The things you learn. Uh, right. Four. No. One, two, three, four. Oh, five more. Um, What's the score? The score is eight to six in favour of Matt. Come on, Cardi. It's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but I'll do my best. Uh, Kiala Settle? I don't know. Not All right. Uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen? Hmm. Matrix Resurrections? Right. Nope. Did he pop up in. I know he's been. Is he in Aquaman? Nope. I didn't realise that this was a critically poor film either. Huh. Next one for three points. Uh, Zendaya. And Yaya Dormati. What film's that? What's the one where she plays uh, Michi? <laughs> for two Is that points. The it's not the Crudes. Uh, which one was that? I, I don't know. Uh, for two points, Rebecca Ferguson. Hmm. All these. Oh, I don't know. June well, that... is it? June? It's not June. No. I'm gonna say. Yeah, but like two of them. The Yo-Yo Dormatine's not there. All right. Um, Unless any. The, oh, the do- Doctor Sleep. No. Punch... No, they're not in. What am I doing? For one point, Hugh Jackman. Oh, it's um. Oh, reminiscent. Yeah. No. No. No, oh, no, it's not that. Okay, of. it's both the same leads in a different <laughs> film. Uh, what's this? Ferguson, Jackman, Zendaya. Oh, The Greatest Showman. It is The Greatest Showman. Yes, I was trying to sort of think about trying to give you a Yo-Yo clue. Yeah, I in The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Apparently. I've seen that. I do not remember him in there. Also, like, a 56% critic rating. Yeah. I think it's it's 
good fun. I nobody, good nobody, fun. no critic liked it. It was just that like everybody went to see it and everybody thought mm. it was you know they loved the songs and that's yeah. why it's so successful. I think, I think it's a perfectly fine film. Eighty six percent user yeah. uh, rating. Uh, Eric Andre. Hmm, uh, a comedy of some sort. Is he in Jackass? Uh, Jackass Forever. Uh, if he is, he's not in. This is not the film. I said that most British by almost said Jackass. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> also, I think Jackass got very good reviews. Like it did actually. Yeah. Didn't yeah. It? Seth Rogen. Uh, oh, the interview. No. I'm just trying to think of a poorly reviewed Seth Rogen film. He's probably got a few, but he's got a lot of good ones. I'm going to move on to the next. Mm. Uh, yeah. Again, excuse my pronunciation. Chiwetel. Oh, Thank you very much. I, it's the writing so small here. I can't see what that is. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Normally in Seth like Seth Rogen. Like Ejiofor is normally in good, like reasonably highbrow movies. Yeah. Eric Andre Chiwetel. This is not uh, that older film. Hmm. Um, what was the? I feel like the next one will give it away. Was it? Oh, what about the Lion King? It is the Lion King. Huh. Of course, we were literally talking about the voice <laughs> cast of the Lion King about ten days ago. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember why, but I'm glad we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that changes things because Matt, you're on eight points. Cardi, you are now on nine. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Right, three more to go. Albert tables turntables now i need i even got the quote wrong. i need the specific film title for this one just so you know <laughs> okay okay uh brenton thwaites good luck to him all right jeffrey rush uh the king's speech actually that was probably opposite probably critics liked it uh, everybody watched it didn't Oh, actually, is I this, know. Oh, God, I know where we're going is now. Is this Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean yeah. on Stranger Tides? It's not on Stranger Tides. Oh, it's no. not that one. I have to wait for the next person, though, to have it. To Orlando have Bloom for three points. I'm going at World's End. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> Can I have a go? Yep. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Nope. Shit! One There's one that has a US it's, title. It's got two one names. Can... The one that will. Oh, okay. Is it Salazar's Revenge? No, hang on. Let me see. Oh, God. <laughs> hang on. Because this can't, can't be the first one because Jeffrey Rush would be higher up. Yeah. The... Was he even in the first? Is David Jones? He's no, no Jeffrey one. Rush isn't David Jones. Oh no, it isn't. It's it's, um, yeah, you're, you're thinking of um, what's his name? Bill Nye. Bill Nye. So I'm just. Yeah, gonna... It can't be the first one because that must have got. I feel like that got okay critic reviews. The first one. I'm yeah, just going to copy so. this and just see if what if it's got a different name. Ah, it's called something else. Is it Salazar's Revenge? It is Salazar's yeah. Revenge. It's called Dead Men Tell No Tales, Tales in, somewhere. Yeah. I never watched that one. Um, I think I see it the first three, so, maybe. So you got that cardi, did you? I, I did by default, yeah. <laughs> but And that was on Orlando Bloom, so that's three points. Oh, that's the one he comes back in isn't it like after he's been abandoned at the end of the third one right well, two more series. Richard E. Grant 
Um, Rise of Skywalker. It's his Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Good going. Uh, that got uh, a critic score of 52, an audience score of 86. 86? Madness. Who are these? All, like, who, where, where, what website are we using here? <laughs> Presumably uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it is Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. For percentage, wow. yeah. Right, wow. last one. Wow. Uh, and Matt, unfortunately, you're playing for pride now. Yeah, Richard E. Grant is the nail, nail in the coffin. <laughs> See what he did there. Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, Matrix. No, I see. I think he'd be revolutions. It could be a, it could be a red herring. I don't know. No, I've gone revolutions. Um, no. Jesse Eisenberg. Hmm. Oh, is this is this Batman like, versus uh, Superman? It is Batman versus yeah. Superman. Yep. Who does Fishbone plays um, the is, um, Perry, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. In that, yeah, he, really, yeah, that iconic uh, performance <laughs> from him there is what a filmy. That is the worst one of the bunch. Uh, Matt, and I'm not starting. Let's not. I'm not talking about. So this is the director of that film's films. <laughs> After a strong yeah. start, Matt, you finished yeah. on eight points. No worries. But Cardi, you got twenty-two. What? Sheesh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Richard E. Grant was a big, you know, I'm just such a big Richard E. Grant fan. I just, you know, I, I know his, all is, of his Is works. he like the, does he run like a He's like a general, or, yeah. like a mm-hmm. Sith. Like he's um, Hux's, is he like Hux's superior? Oh, does he shoot? Like, spoiling a terrible film spoil. for people. But. <laughs> I can't remember. Like, it's been a while I, since. All I remember that. was um, when it came out, he did that really funny Twitter video. It was like, like it was just like, really effusive about it just being like it's so good and then Limmy did a good impression of it and then Richard E. Grant blocked him it was a funny little moment nice. in time uh, um, well yeah, thank we you to Adam Clayton for sending that in uh, if you've got an endless search you want to send in you can send it to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com and I believe we've got a piece of feedback from Adam coming up as well because really? he attached some to his quiz so what a day for Adam double Clayton um, I know um Let's hope he doesn't get uh, vertigo from how high he's feeling. Uh, oh, that's little little YouTube joke for you there. Um, I've got a first piece of feedback, though, from James Clark, who says, Hi, guys. I'm writing thanks to the recent Smarties chat led by Jesse's ridiculous <laughs> claim about Smarties. Um, do your kids even like Smarties, or have they got sense? I think it's they like the idea of the tube, and then they'll yeah. have a couple and they're like, <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, exactly. Get me buttons, Dad. What are you doing? And they throw them in your face. I'd love some chocolate buttons right now. (laughs) I might go and get some after this. Treat yourself. I know. Uh, I have half of an extra thick Hotel Chocolat chocolate egg in my fridge. Because I treated myself because they were all on sale. In the fridge? Um, Yeah. Oh, chocolate in the fridge. Yeah, I want it as hard as possible. So when I suck it, it lasts as long as possible. Out of context quotes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's getting absolutely clipped out, isn't it? Um, right. Anyway, Smarties. This is from James Clark. Yeah. They're rubbish chocolate, and we all know Cadbury Easter eggs or Lint slash Lindor are the best. Anyway, four Christmases ago, my dad found an oversized tube of Smarties, as, as you do. The kind you only get at Christmas. 
in the back of his drinks. Oh, he found it in the back of his drinks cabinet, probably behind a Glenmorangi or Drambui or something only the elderly have. The point of note: their best before date was two thousand and four. So these are what? If it's four years ago, these are thirteen years out of date at this point. Uh, the absolute madman decided to try one and found that they still t- tasted exactly the same as regular in-date Smarties do. And this guy is a Smarties connoisseur. He doesn't go into a petrol station without buying himself some. Anyway, it's now become a Christmas Eve tradition of my dad to have a Smartie from the tube. What? And he still lives to tell the tale. They've still got him. Just one. What Just a tradition. One. <laughs> Just one from the big tube. Oh, we all love Christmas tradition. Come on, everyone. Gather round. He's going to have it. He's going to have one. What colour is it going to be this year? You should place bets. Uh... I'm going this year, it's going to be blue. I have a feeling. Um, and uh, James has another story for us, which which is actually a very nice story, I thought, which is, again, about his dad, who is, despite being 68, an avid gamer, and can regularly be found up until 3am playing the most recent Assassin's Creed, Red Dead, Last of Us, or Call of Duty. Back in 2007, he got really into Modern Warfare Online, and it was a great way to keep in touch with him whilst I was down in uni. Uh, in Norwich whilst he was at home in the Toon. Problem was, he wasn't as sweaty as the gamer base was back in the day and we regularly found ourselves on the losing team. One of my fondest memories was on the famous Crash Map, which my, was my dad's best map to play on. Also one of my, maybe, who knows, maybe I killed your dad uh, 15 years ago. Could have happened. Maybe your dad killed who knows um, We always ran together when we played and he was on an incredible snipe streak. His best effort thus far, as we were hunkered down in a second floor room. I bet I know exactly what room that is. I would watch the doors whilst he sniped down the alley. I remember a grenade made it through the window and we had a split second where we both looked at it lying between us. Without thinking, I dove on the grenade, sacrificing my own streak, but saving my dad. A decision I would have made a thousand times over. Would you expect Ed to jump on a grenade for you, Al? No, I'd do it for him. Oh, that's good. even if he, yeah, because he's always on snipe streaks. Well, I, I guess it gets like when with the age difference, like as he gets older, I think that dynamic will change and I'll become the yeah. frail one, whereas he's the frail one at the minute. I wonder, exactly. Yeah. There might be a time when we're in perfect equilibrium. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, James signs off by saying, anyway, that's my dad bants for you. Sadly, sadly, now I thought he was going to say, sadly, I'm now a dad. No, sadly, now I'm a dad myself. I have very little time to play together, but hopefully we get back at it soon. Well, maybe one day your son will jump on a grenade for you. There we go. And the, an, another story. tradition we can keep going. Along exactly. With, grenades along with the smarties. <laughs> uh, I've got an email from Ross from London who says, your recent call for milkmen encouraged me to write in. <laughs> I lost my job during the pandemic and took up a part-time job with an East London milkman service. You'll be surprised to know they have innovated and now sell fresh sourdough and delightful muffins. So the profession Mm. is still alive and well. Maybe there just isn't one around me because I never see like a milk... Do they still use a milk float though, do you think? Or Uh, they just deliver it in like a van? We have a milkman. Do you? And he comes half three in the morning because it's picked up on the the camera. Uh, It's a very quiet van so i think it might be sort of electric okay, um, milk floats have generally always been electric yeah they? exactly mm-hmm. yeah mm. um, does yours uh, supply more than milk yes it, well, the service is called milk and more so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like during the pandemic it was like you could get bread and everything mm-hmm. but 
Uh, anyway, let's go back to Ross. He says, your comment of the drowning episode being over two years old made me realise that I've been listening to the podcast for nearly ten years and feel very old. As a long-time gamer, uncomfortable the fact that in 20 years I'll be replaying Bloodborne at 30 FPS on a bad emulator when I have kids, like Alex S. That's me. Mm-hmm. My friends, on the other hand, have recently got into gaming during the pandemic, with Warzone being a gateway drug and we now play 10 to 15 hours a week. Their partners are concerned and associate gaming with something teenagers do and not adults. That's just rubbish. Exactly. Do you ever get this feedback? Why is there a perception that gaming should exclusively be for children or teenagers? My take is that it's an uneducated view on the games industry as a whole, and the people who say this haven't played games recently or ever at all. Like, I certainly the other kind of parents, um, like the mums and dads of um, that hang out at the school. I don't mm. think any of them play games at all, and yeah. don't really like when I explain my job. They're just bemused. Like, you're like, kind That's of a not to uh... job. Not to get into ageism here, but you're because you are a few, quite a few years older than me and Matt. Jeez Maybe you're in a. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Like me and Matt are more in the age of growing up playing games online. Do you know what? Like a lot of my, like most of my friends do or have played games. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, I feel like it's more commonplace. Like it's more of a, a thing. Like I don't really like my family. Know what I do? They don't really, you know. No. Care? Care? Well, they care. That's well, I play more games than my kids. Um, yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't really have anyone in my life who, yeah, thinks it's child. I was going to say, please finish that sentence, otherwise it sounds <laughs> desperately sad. <laughs> uh, well, it's, you know, you know, the two people I talk to, they they like playing games with me. No. Um, yeah, um, I don't know, but I do. I, I feel like it's we're an gradually it's becoming. I like, yeah, I think there's even like storytelling, like you know, playing through The Last of Us Two, for example. It's one of those things I'd love people to kind of experience that kind of game because they probably don't even realise that that sort of thing exists. Exactly. Um, and it's all kind of, yeah. you know, Italian still plumbers. In a bubble, like, for 80% of most probably 12-year-olds, games are Fortnite and FIFA. Yeah. That is probably, mm-hmm. you know, so it's probably different. It seems maybe a bit more unhealthy if you do the same thing. I think it's more... The way I look anyway is if you're addicted to one thing, like games as a whole, I don't, you know, you can, if you vary it up, it can be a bit more kind of like people can take it a bit more serious. If all you're ever seeing is the same screen, if all you're looking at is like FIFA eight hours a day, your parents might be like, you can do anything else. But if they see, you know, I don't know, a lovely, charming little indie title about, I don't know, a mouse looking for his long lost parent, you know. There might be a bit more. I don't know what that game is. I'm making That's up games. That moss. <laughs> oh, yeah. I suppose, yeah. There we go. Yeah, play moss in VR. <laughs> there we go. That's my lesson from this. Don't know where I'm going with it. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, I think kind of like in regards to that, like my parents, I don't think I've ever considered it kind of childish just because I never grew out of it. Like, obviously, I know of people. They're not my friends anymore, but people I was friends with at school that I've drifted apart from. I can see through like social media that it's just not part of what they do anymore i see like on my steam list on my friends list people that haven't logged in for like eight years at this point and i'm like right. you grew out of the hobby i mm-hmm. never did yeah i instinctively you know i distinctly made it a choice that i wanted it to be a huge part of my life and my career and everybody yeah. that i have around me now either understands that it's not childish even if they don't care about it or are people that are actively playing yeah yeah i i remember a distinct moment is when um 
that God of War making of God of War documentary on mm-hmm. YouTube. It's like an hour long. I remember watching that, uh, and my my mum was actually in the room at the time. She watched most of it, and I think like that was a moment where she like she references that. She's like, I never realised quite how much it was like making a film. Really, mm-hmm. like cause yeah. they show the orchestra, they show the like. It really is just a ridiculous art form of its own. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a yeah interesting moment. There uh, we go. Thank you, Ross. Good to hear from a milkman. Good to hear they're still around. Right, I've got the the aforementioned piece of feedback from Adam Clayton, who says, Hi all, reasonably long-time listener, first-time writer, yada, yada, yada. I got recommended to listen to you guys a few years back by my dad and happened to it's find... a big dad episode, yeah, isn't it? it's good. Dad of boy and all that. <laughs> uh, and happened to find my first episode to be the infamous Drowning Special. <laughs> We now convinced that my dad was into some pretty <laughs> weird shit. I decided to trawl back through some previous episodes to look for a theme and found myself enthralled by all of the video game chat as well as the banter between you all. Thank you for many hours of entertainment. Recently, I was watching a Quentin Tarantino marathon and found that with many of the films, I was fa- fantasizing about the type of game that could be produced f- for them on modern hardware. Django Unchained as a Red Dead Redemption 2 expansion, for example, or Kill Bill in the style of Sifu, the list goes on. This led me to wonder, are there any films that you believe a certain studio could adapt as a game uh, or would work as an expansion to another game? Um, Yes, there are. Well, actually, I think in two weeks, a week, week or two, Everything Everywhere All at Once finally Mm -hmm. comes out in UK cinemas. Uh, and everyone should watch that film when they get the chance to because it is unbelievably good like I said a couple of weeks ago I saw an interaction on Twitter between one of the directors of that film yeah. and Sam Lake from Remedy mm-hmm. who uh, basically the director the uh, Sam Lake uh, said I saw this film, it was incredible and the director responded saying I love Remedy's work if Remedy were to make a game in the universe of that film it would be absolutely unbelievable because there is like a little bit of control going on in that film like cross with the matrix cross with a lot of weirdness so that is my pick now everything everywhere all at once made by remedy i feel like whenever you do this i always pick remedy but they are just maybe the most interesting studio <laughs> so that's why they're very very cool i think the one that like i had thought about for like the last six years or so is literally coming true it was um io interactive doing bonds and then they announced like yeah that's what we're doing so mm. i get what i want because the the particularly that modern hitman trilogy especially in its musical cues is very influenced by bond particularly like that first mission they did where you're in paris in the suit at like the the big kind of house and the moment you step in and kind of like diana comes over the head it's like welcome to paris 47 and the way that kind of everyone's treating you is very much a bond in a tuxedo going to an event and then obviously the hiding behind the curtains and using your silence pistol and all of that and the way that the music escalated with as you change and do things in the mission, I was just mm-hmm. like, well, this is clearly a Bond film, right? And then there's a, I think it's the Isle of Skyle mission that's in Hitman 2, is basically going to like Spectre's secret hideout where they're having a massive party mm-hmm. and they're all in the masks. I was like, okay, to the point where you have to kidnap someone and extract them out of the map, which reminds me a lot of when at the end of Casino, um, he goes and kidnaps Mr. White. And then, and then at the start of Quantum, he's taking him away. And I was like, this just needs a car chase at the end of it where you're getting yeah. away with the guy. And that's the perfect Bond game. And that's very much what I hope that IO does with there. Like, it's a Hitman game, but in between the Hitman-y stuff, 
we get mm-hmm. like explosive bursts of action and maybe like a car chase and stuff like that. I'm hoping we're kind of getting into a new era of licensed games where they're not just you know in the old days it would be take the film and literally mm-hmm. recreate yeah. it with levels whereas now we're getting that bond game we're getting machine games indiana jones yeah. game which is an original story i feel like we're kind of learning from the mistakes and yeah making stuff in universes rather than just recreating films and yeah indiana i can't wait for that hopefully i mean xbox and bethesda just announced their showcase i'd love to see something from mm. that or just yeah. see what direction they're going because I like even though I do love that. There's so many big stuff. Uh, to be honest, I forgot that the Bond game was coming. Um, mm. There was a lot of exciting stuff coming. Uh, I just wanted to come yeah. a bit faster. Please. Uh, oh, that was a good podcast. I say I was going to say short and sweet. This is how long all the podcasts used to be. It's just recently we've for some reason been going way over an hour. But yeah, okay. I had a lovely time. Uh, I hope everyone has a lovely weekend. That's what I hope. <laughs> good. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. way to end. Matt, I hope you pass your fit-to-fly test. Oh, thank I hope you, you oh, get yes. to go on holiday. <laughs> Simon, yes. I'll see you at some point next week, probably. Oh, yes. You, That's I not a threat, by the way. That's just... <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't. I, I see it as a, a pure, pleasurable experience. And you know what? I'm just happy we now finally have an excuse to play the Overwatch theme music again on this podcast because it's back, baby. <laughs>